0: I was in New York at the time filming and Ed phoned me up and I it was yeah we were young we were 24 or 23 and it was our first big one and you know you, then you could walk into the shops and see your own brand there on the shelves.
1: and actually that was so significant I mean if we literally at that point we probably would have had another two or three months um before we would have gone bust I think at that point yeah
2: You're listening to Series 2 of the official podcast for the Festival of Enterprise with me, your host, Alex Chisnell. Join thousands of other established entrepreneurs and business people for free at Olympia in London from April the 28th to 29th, 2020. Just go to festivalofenterprise.co.uk to get your free ticket. The Festival of Enterprise is the event for any small and medium business looking to grow faster. This event will reward you for taking a day or two from working in your business to working on your business. We'll provide you with access to the most useful, tested methods of developing your businesses. We help you sustain, grow, scale and thrive faster and for longer than where you stand today. And for exhibitors and sponsors, we provide direct access to the UK businesses and individuals that are the most primed for growth. Festival of Enterprise is the home for entrepreneurs. Get your free ticket to this April's Festival of Enterprise Olympia in London by going to festivalofenterprise.co.uk.
0: So basically what uh, I was at uh, Leeds University for theatre and performance of all things and Ed was at Loughborough, weren't you Ed? I was, I was. He was studying
1: design. Yeah, I studied branding and um, well, that's actually nonsense. I didn't at all. Um, I studied industrial <laughs> design and technology.
3: But, I thought so. I was going to double I check was you on that. I was
1: interested in branding. Um, so in my head, I studied branding. And uh, I was doing
0: theatre performance. And at the time, I just knew I, just, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to be working for someone else. I hate being told what to do. Mm-hmm. I thought I had so many more, better, bigger, all these ideas that I had and I wanted to use them. And I, I didn't really know how. Um, so I was in my last year at university and I was hating, hating all the work there, loving the other side, loving the social and everything side of it. Good. And, uh, I was sitting in my class and we we're doing a, a modern dance class. And it was just, I thought, what am I doing? <laughs> and it's like, a friend of mine called Hannah, who actually still to this day, she works in television and still to this day, she says, I was at the moment where you thought of candy kittens. Brilliant. And I said to her, I said, I'm going to go and settle a business. And she said, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I love sweets. I know I have to do something I love. It can't be anything else. I have to have a passion for them. Um, I said, i set up a sweet company called uh, Candy Kittens, Candy of the Sweets. And the kittens at the time were going to be the ambassadors of the company. Got you. Uh, now, I came out of the university and uh, pursued this idea of doing Candy Kittens. And I wanted to set up a sweet shop. So I wanted to do a huge sweet shop and make it the Hamleys of all sweet shops, as you can imagine, in the centre of London. It turns out to... Have a shop, a sweet shop in the centre of London is a little bit expensive. <laughs> so, yeah. um, again, had all these amazing ideas and didn't really know what to do with them. And that's when I met Ed. We met, I met Ed through a mutual friend of ours. Uh, Ed was still working in Loughborough. Ed has his company set up. He had his own company that he was working on at the time. So you guys,
3: you didn't know each other before um, before that we point? Didn't,
0: we didn't know each other before that point. And Ed was in Loughborough at the time. And we got put in touch by a guy called Nick, and we went and met in a pub. We went and met in a pub, and Ed brought this little sort a of slideshow with him, because I – and basically Ed said, look, we should change this sweet shop idea, and we should put it into packets of sweets. And he had designed up these packets of sweets, and it was like a light bulb going off in my head. Okay, And yeah. it was like, this is exactly what I've been trying to think of, but now I can actually visualize it. And mm. from there, that was six years ago, and Ed and I have been working together now for six years, um and and that's how we gotta but you know I, I, Ed i can sort of speak for himself but we both never we've always wanted to we've always wanted to work for ourselves we never wanted to work for anyone else i don't understand why you would ever want to make someone else a success yeah. if you want to do something do it for yourself yeah 100 percent. and so that's sort of ed and both of our kind of ethos and we also at the beginning of this whole journey we had no idea what we were doing um, <laughs> you know, what do, you know, Ed always says try and Google how to make sweets and it, you can't you can't Google you can't find Ed Ed's had to sit for days and find out loads of stuff and and this is the, the the most important thing I always say whenever anyone wants to go and set up a brand or set up a business is you, the people that you work with the team you surround yourself with mm-hmm. without you can have the best idea the the greatest work ethic, all these kind of things. But if you don't surround yourself with the best team, it's never going to work. And thank God Ed was there at the beginning because without Ed, this would never be where it is today.
3: You don't, you don't think it would have got off the ground or...
0: Yeah, just just when, you know, I was juggling doing the TV stuff, and yeah. and I love doing television. And you know, my focus sometimes can drift to different places. And this is my baby, this is my passion, Candy. It's 100. percent But you need someone on the ground who's going to be doing everything every single day. And Ed's been doing that for six years
3: yeah and, and how did you go about then uh, taking that idea and building a team putting the idea into action what were like the first steps the first kind of hires that you made for someone who's listening and wants to scale up uh, a startup
1: um i think the first thing we did was we opened a pop-up shop so we opened a pop-up shop to kind of as a kind of marketing sort of stunt, I suppose, mm. um, and opened that and realized we need some people to kind of work in there. So the first thing we did was hire a few uh, kind of part-time staff to work at the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually as that, once the pop-up shop closed, a, couple, like a month later or whatever it was, six weeks later, those people, then the good ones kind of left and and some of the, not the good ones, sorry, the good ones stayed, the bad ones (laughs) left and the the good ones kind of stayed on and worked then in our office. So after Uh, the pop-up closed, we then used some of the money that we generated in the pop-up to open an office and and then, uh, yeah, invited some of the people that had been really good for us at the shop to kind of come and work in the office and help out. It was more just putting people in place for what for jobs that were needed mm-hmm. rather than kind of building a team and then trying to think of a job for them it was more you know kind of let's do the max we can possibly do ourselves and then as soon as we've run out of time then we find somebody to do that bit or,
3: yeah
1: and, and it's still probably to this day goes like that we kind of we've grown quite organically and just stepped it up each time as we've gone along and, and how big's the team now um, we've got twelve people in the office. Twelve thousand people <laughs> in the office. <laughs> um, Candy kittens towers. Yeah, yeah. we've got twelve thousand people um, in the office. Um, no, twelve, twelve in the office, and then we've got two different teams outside of the office. We've got a field sales team that's five, and we've got a um, events and brand ambassador team of six. Mm-hmm. So another eleven outside of the office.
0: But also, what we do have, which Ed came up with this brilliant idea is that, you know, with everyone all, everyone across the whole of the UK, across the world, everyone loves sweets. And it's impossible to get having a team based in London to get all over the country. So what we decided to do was create like a, a sweet team. So basically a bunch of ambassadors all around the country who were big fans of the brand, who love sweets, who, who actually have a general interest in it, who live in Wales, who live in the Isle of Wight, who live in Aberdeen. It doesn't matter. So we got 50 odd people brought them down to London, put on a cool brunch, and basically made them part of the sweet team. Yeah, And so not, so without, we don't have to, you know, and what they do is they, you know, we have this army of people around the country who when they see a pack of candy can sweets which are on the ground, or, or they're not quite shelved properly, or something happens, we have a team everywhere checking on it the entire time. Mm. So, which is just a great way to kind of always keep an eye on your brand all around the country.
3: And, um, how did you find those people? Are those people who already had like a a strong social presence, for example, that could communicate that to to their friends, family, etc.?
0: I think what we did we did go and look at the people who had a strong you know social influence for sure, just because uh, you know social media nowadays is such a big phenomenon, especially in brands. You know, it's the best form of marketing in the entire world. If you can build a huge social media following, I mean, it's endless the power you can do with it. So yeah, we did look at those people, but also it's people who just have a general interest in the brand. Yeah. You know what, what we what we love at Candy Kingdoms are people who are excited, who have a vision of seeing where it wants to go, who are passionate about the brand, and who you know actually want to make a difference. You know, there are so many you can meet so many different people out there who who have great degrees and do these kind of things and do that but they actually just don't have like what it, you know that passion and that excitement and that kind of you know sort of freshness to, to build a brand and so that's what we always look for in, in everyone that works kind of gets a works part of the team
1: it's true and i think also the the kind of social influence thing is interesting because you can go for these kind of influencers who've maybe got you know 50 to a hundred thousand followers which is great but it's mm. kind of then the modern day equivalent of tv advertising where you just kind of appealing to you try you're hoping to catch loads of people yeah whereas actually if you look at just the most popular girl at the local school or the most popular guy in his year group or class or whatever it might be they've often got more influence Mm -hmm. um so everybody wants to buy into their this guy's thing because they think he's cool and, and those are the kind of yeah, smaller micro influencers, I think, is quite useful. Do you know?
0: Yeah. Just, do you know? What's so interesting about that that we got told this this uh, this story, which is um, it was we were told as true, possibly it might not be true, so don't take 100 percent of it. But do you remember there there was that advert, the Yo Valley yogurt advert, where the farmers were dancing around? <laughs> yeah, ad- yeah. Okay, a huge, incredible viral advert yeah. right, that everyone saw. That actually lost. I think it was Yo Valley three million pounds worth of sales. No. that's actually lost in that because what it did is it represented the brand in a the different way the brand was meant to be about organic you know yogurt and freshness all these kind of things mm. and actually commercialized it so it actually targeted the wrong audience so yeah. the thing for us which happens sometimes is that especially with brands brands see people who have a big social media following and they, you know like it's 100, 200, 300,000 but actually it's just the wrong demographic it's the people actually who aren't going to buy it. so you pay heaps of money to hire these bloggers all these vloggers or these YouTubers or whatever who have this huge following and you get you may get a sales once but the buyback never works so for us like ed says it's about finding those people who actually do make a difference rather than just you know finding people anyone because you think they're good
3: yeah no i agree with you and it's 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 being targeted i suppose and it's the same for your for your customer base isn't it at the end of the day as well you want to be that incredibly targeted with that and i remember listening to to ed talk before which i'd love to hear again now is how long was it from idea to actually having a physical product, because th- I'm sure you said it was something like 18 months, yet you still managed to build a, a huge following of people who who wanted to be able to buy and taste your product.
1: Yeah, absolutely, so you're right, you bang on, it was 18 months. Um, I think the big, one of the most important things we realized really quick was that we had this amazing kind of marketing platform in Jamie, and and sort of links are made in Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, so that meant that we could have probably just bought out a bag of candy kittens and and stuffed it with cola bottles um, <laughs> from Costco and just so you know sold a hundred thousand bags. Yeah. Uh, but actually, we wanted it to be much bigger and and sort of have a lot more longevity than that. So for us, it was about making the product the best it could possibly be, um, and that's kind of where the core idea of the business started it was how do we make better sweets yeah um and and yeah it was it was a difficult journey jamie mentioned earlier that you know you can't just google how do you make a bag of sweets because that doesn't (laughs) really work so lots and lots of conversations and research and and kind of speaking to everybody we could possibly speak to Um, i'm a big believer that you just kind of however you you sort of judge a conversation but what happens just have the conversation and speak to as many people as you possibly can always because you never know kind of what nugget of information someone's gonna be able to give you yeah and uh, it took about 18 months back and forth with a couple of different manufacturers eventually settled on one and then had to really sort of twist their arm into making what we wanted wanted to make which was a product that was kind of using the most natural ingredients using real fruit juice in all of the recipes and and making it kind of as good as the product is today that was quite difficult at the time because it was something completely new for them um so going back and forth for two guys that had absolutely no experience in food and drink let alone sort of confectionery and sort of food technology so that was that was quite a challenge but we got there in the end and i think we've we're always glad that we waited that long. I think that first 18 months was tough because we were a sweets company without any sweets. Uh, But yeah, we managed to somehow string people along for that long. And I think it worked. I think the big thing is kind of, I always say move quickly is is a good bit of advice. But in this instance, I think it was about trying to make sure we had everything right before we moved quickly. And then as soon as we did have the sweets, we then did go kind of, Completely berserk and and pushed it out as hard as we possibly could.
0: But but also, there's that there's that thing as well, which we were so we we kept so true to. Is that if you if you talk to you know you said yourself as a father, right? You're a father of kids, right?
3: Yeah,
0: exactly. If we asked you about your kids, you could talk for hours about them.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: right. Like everything about that, and that's the same with your brand. You know, we we had to stay true to our brand. We could have, as Ed said, packaged you know sweets with you know whatever we wanted to, and probably sold them, and all these kind of things. But we wouldn't stay true to ourselves. We wouldn't be able to talk to about our brand that like we talk about our kids. Mm. You know, that's what you want. To, you want to be able to say everything about it because you love it, because you you understand it, because you know you've put all the effort into it, and you actually believe in it. Yeah. And so that's we've always made sure that we, you know, it did take us eighteen months, and perhaps, and we had created this huge hype about nothing, in a sense. But you know, we stayed true to our guns, and uh, and touch wood, it it sort of worked so far. And I always say that to everyone out there. You know, if you whatever brand you're starting, any brand you want to start, stay true to what you believe in and what you want to do. Otherwise, you tend to like mess up or make mistakes.
3: Yeah, no, that, that's great advice. And, and within that, Jamie and Ed, were there in that eighteen months, were there moments of self doubt that it was ever going to happen?
1: Um, probably a couple of times, but not not serious ones. I think that we, but both Jamie and I are very, very determined and a hundred percent behind it from day one. And I think whatever obstacle that's been put up in front of us, or however many times someone said no, we just kind of you know, dusted that off and carried on as if nothing happened. I think that that's so, so important. You've just got to be completely resilient. And I think that, yeah, we, we were just determined to get what we wanted, whether that's stubbornness or belief or kind of just…
3: Yeah, all of those uh, things. Yeah, yeah, perseverance, yeah.
1: Perseverance, yeah. I'm not sure. It, yeah. was, it was definitely what it was all about at the start. There was lots of times we could have given up, but… Mm. I guess that's why we're still here. Ed's a
0: big believer. Ed's a big believer in just not. And don't take no for an answer. You know, some people get awkward. Some people get embarrassed. Ed just continuously goes and goes and goes. And, you know, Ed has been speaking to numerous different retailers who have said no, who have said no. And they've emailed him, you know, and they're actually looking okay, for a meeting. Um, but that's not to say that we haven't had times where it, we have really struggled and we, you know, had points where we didn't know if we can continue on or, or, or all these kind of things. And there's this big assumption that because of, I suppose, of how the, my public persona and things like that, that, you know, money grows on trees and all these kind of things. But we really we started with really nothing. We built it from nothing. Um, we weren't really given any help from any of our parents. Uh, we had, you know, we, we were two years into the business until my stepfather Jonathan Baines, who, um, who sort of stepped in and sort of said, okay, I'm going to help you guys out because no one really believed in us mm. You can tell your parents at the age of 22, 23 years old, that you want to set up a sweet company. They laugh. You know? <laughs> yeah. And this is my, this is my real annoyance and, and irritation when it comes to, to people setting up brands, you know, I remember, I remember I was sitting on a rock once with uh, this girl called Tintin McDonald, okay? <laughs> Good start to a story <laughs> yeah, over here. I like
3: it, keep going.
0: I was sitting on a rock with a girl called Tintin McDonald, and I really fancied that. I was, about 15, I was about 16 years old, she was a year above me, she was 17, and I and she was family friends, and I'd loved her for years, and we were sitting on a rock, it was about five o'clock in the morning, and we had a, we, you know, I wasn't even drunk, it was like anything, obviously, <laughs> was underage, but yeah, but I remember sitting there, and we were watching the sun sunrise in Croatia, and, for about two hours, I was thinking, I should just kiss her. I should just kiss her now. I should kiss her. I should kiss her. And I didn't kiss her. And to this day, I regret it. Yeah. 100%. And there are so many people out there who have exactly that same kind of thing in terms of a brand. Where they have an idea, they think, oh, I really think this would work. I really think but they don't do it because they're so scared of what might happen. Yeah. You know, failure or, or not be able to fight, raise money. There are, you know, there are so many different forms of... Uh, you know, in the things out there which you can raise money with, and, and it, just more people need to go out there and and actually do the idea and, and forget being scared because we you, meant to, we get forced into these lives where we're meant to get a degree and we're meant to do this type of a job and do that. No, go and go and do what you feel that you want to do. Go and sell a brand. Go and do something, and then you, it's so much more rewarding. You know, even if you do fail, at least you learn so much. You know, my stepfather Jonathan always says to at I, "You guys don't understand the value of what you're going to learn from setting up this business." Ed now can use this, and if, if, if can he say Canikins failed one day, or it got sold, or whatever happened. One hundred percent. We could jump into anything else. We know exactly what to do. It's just the ex- business is paid in two currencies: cash and experience. Take the experience first, and the cash will come later. Never go for something because you want to make money. Do it because you can experience it and understand it. And that's what we've done with Candy Kittens, which is just priceless.
2: Don't forget to get your free ticket to this April's Festival of Enterprise at Olympia in London by going to festivalofenterprise.co.uk. Whether you're an established entrepreneur or a business looking to exhibit or sponsor our next event, get in touch at the Home for Entrepreneurs by going to
0: festivalofenterprise.co.uk.